Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So the rough and tumble of Parliament continues up, down, over and across. Anyone who would say we know where we're going would be absolutely fooling us. Let me speak to Jamie DeLarge. Jamie, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, Jamie, just with regards to the economy, um, unionists and loyalists are very clear that they don't want anything coming through that would compromise the union in any way. But if we were able to just look at it without putting a political uh, lens in, is it possible that economically in Northern Ireland we could be better off. We heard the Prime Minister over the weekend saying it was a great deal for Northern Ireland, the leader of the opposition referring to Northern Ireland getting something special, the uh, leader of the Scottish Nationalists going on about how well Northern Ireland was doing out of this, played Cymru made reference to uh, Northern Ireland and so on and and so forth. But uh, those representing Northern Ireland have clearly turned their back on it. But is it primarily for political reasons and not for economic reasons. Well, I think there is a genuine concern about the costs that companies now may face in Northern Ireland selling into Great Britain, and there has been this uh, a risk assessment uh, carried out by the government, and um, it, it, it is it is um, it, it does concern contains some things which may alarm some people uh, and it does talk about the uncertainty may affect business investment reducing the incentive to invest in the UK and customers may delay to, may decide to delay spending because of uncertainty over over pricing changes because they don't really know what they're going to be paying uh, in the future. They don't know whether, presumably whether it's going to be EU rates or is it going to end up paying uh, GB uh, rates. So, so th- these are um, um, concerns that people legitimately have. Now, it has to has to be said that in this report, which the, the government issued, uh, which I've been reading, uh, it, it does say that these risks, uh, the risks that people could face, additional costs, the risks that uh, business could uh, face new new hurdles, um, that that could be mitigated, in other words, could be reduced through government action. So, and indeed, the paper is really tentative in, 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 in its language. You know, it may happen. And of course, then you might think, well, it may not happen. And so there, there, there is um, there is a concern out there. There's also this revelation that you know there's going to be paperwork and sending goods from um, from Northern Ireland to to um, to, to Great Britain, and uh, an alarming figure that turned out is that in the past the UK 
um, uh, a cost of a customs declaration could be as much as £56 if it was sending something to the rest of the world. And in theory, because we would be effectively, to all intents and purposes, in the EU and the UK would be the rest of the world, that that we might face uh, charges uh, of that nature. But... The document goes on to say it may not be possible to translate that number, the £56, into uh, the cost of movements from Great Britain um, to, to, uh, to Northern Ireland. Um, so, so there is, or between Northern Ireland. So there, to some extent, um, we're, 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 we're seeing these uh, scares uh, that are being, um, that are being uh, raised and at the same time, the government is saying, look, look, um, you know, that may not be quite the way it looks. So that's on the, on the negative side. And these are genuine concerns. Okay, ju- just can- on that, Jamie, just on that, it's incredibly negative. Everything you've said so far would make any wise person think, Chiefers, that's a very bad deal from a business person in Northern Ireland. It's an economic disaster. Yeah, well, they they might think that, um, and they, they but but they they have to remember that it is ringed about with these um, with these uh, uh, if you like um, caveats that it may happen, and that in any case they may do things to lessen the effect of it. So I think it's one of those things where we're going to have to wait and see. But I, I mean, look, I don't deny it. I mean, Brexit, no matter what form you have, and this one seems. Uh, to be uh, a comfort to a lot of people, it does bring costs. And the only way to avoid those costs would not would be not to have Brexit in the first place. Okay, but let's so, let's concentrate on we're having Brexit. Let's concentrate on this deal because that's what that's what we're talking about. Where's the positive for Northern Ireland as opposed to the rest of the UK? Well, then looking at the positive side, we are with we will to to all intents and purposes effectively be be within the EU. Therefore, we can have free trade. To, down to uh, the south. Well, that mean, basically means free trade to the rest of, of the EU. So that might make us, and actually will make us, an attractive place to locate um, business. So that's a very positive thing. Um, that, you know, that, that could very well um, um, uh, uh, increase the amount of uh, the number of jobs that are being created in Northern Ireland. And again, I know that you maybe don't want me to look at the, the, the negative side, but it prevents... The fact that we will have free trade um, north, north to south, south to north, means uh, we will avoid the hard border um, and all the checks that would have been associated with it and the costs that would have been associated with it. And, and we would have been firmly then within uh, the whole um, uh, the, the UK, which then is facing all sorts of risks because we don't know what sort of trade deal the UK would be doing the whole, the rest of the UK will be doing with um, uh, the EU and indeed with countries around the world. So you can say, you can say from, uh, you can say, well, uh, whereas there are these uncertainties in terms of uh, GBNI trade, the fact of the matter is that we have some certainty because of our position effectively continuing within the EU. So, you know, in 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 some respects, we are. Um, there, there, there is a, a, a greater attraction, uh, or a continue a, a greater attraction uh, to for investment, um, which is looking to invest, to come to the UK, and then it looks to Northern Ireland and sees the benefits of Northern Ireland's position having this access 
um, this unfettered access to to the EU market. Okay, do stay with me there, Jimmy, because I want to speak to Dr. Esmond Burney as well. Uh, Esmond, good morning. Good morning. And do you believe uh, that there is the option, and supporters of the Brexit deal certainly believe that it will make Northern Ireland maybe uniquely att- a, a, a uniquely attractive destination for foreign direct investment? Uh, it'll, it'll retain a privileged uh, access to, to both the UK and the EU single market. Is, is that, a, is that a, a realistic option with Boris's deal? Well, some people have certainly argued that, and I can, to a limited extent, see what they ground that upon. But uh, I have to say I've got severe doubts when we get down into the finer detail. I think, unfortunately, one of the problems about all of this is that um, at a high level, certain things have been presented as quite attractive. But when you do go down into the detail, either the government, uh, the London government, is unable to give any costing figures at all, and that was revealed on Monday night when they produced the official so-called impact assessment about these changes. You go to the table to see the impact on Northern Ireland, and it repeatedly says, we can't cannot quantify this. Now, I just think that is very challenging to put forward a very ambitious, uh, very far-reaching policy change and then say, well, we, we don't have the data to quantify this. So it is a bit of a leap in the dark. But more specifically to your, your question, Frank, in terms of the, the, the comments that, uh, that that Jamie was making there, some of which I, which I did hear, um, I, I think one of the challenges in all of this is Yes, certainly, and uh, I I take Jamie's point about uh, maintaining uh, frictionless trade from Northern Ireland to the Republic of Ireland and back again, and indeed the wider EU, but the the cost that uh, has been imposed in the most recent Johnson proposals is that it's looking as though our trade will not be unfettered in either direction across the RAC, the trade within the United Kingdom between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. So, for example, uh, the, the, the revelation, again, which came out in Parliament, somewhat unwillingly on the part of the Brexit Secretary, Steve Barclay, that there are these forms called exit declarations, which North Anford will be obliged probably to make uh, relating to seaborne traffic from Northland to Great Britain. Also, yeah, Jamie touched on that at the, the beginning of us, uh, the beginning of his conversation, Esmond, yeah. and you, you you see that like he was highlighting it. You you, you see that as a, as mm. a real stumbling block. Well, I, I, it's hard to say at this stage. It potentially could be, and I suppose there has to be the concern that there may be other things hidden, as it were, the woodwork, which are yet to emerge. What I was also going to go on to say is if we look at movement of goods in the opposite direction from Great Britain to Northern Ireland, £10.5 billion pounds worth of goods are imported every year to Northern Ireland from Great Britain as compared to 2.6 billion coming up the road, as it were, from the Republic of Ireland to Northern Ireland. So we import four times more from Great Britain than we do from Southern Ireland. I would be very concerned about the administrative costs on this system whereby, uh, to, to, to some extent, and the extent of this also remains very unclear at this stage, 
uh, Northern firms and purchasers importing, as it were, from Great Britain will be obliged to pay the European Union's tariff for tax. Now, the Prime Minister's talked about a waiver, a rebate system, but we have no details about that. We've got very little certainty. Uh, we don't know how it will work. We don't know how quickly it will work. We don't know about the costs of setting it up. No doubt it will require some sort of IT digital solution. Um, previous public sector IT uh, procurements haven't always worked to time. and they haven't, Sometimes they haven't even worked at all. They've generally cost overrun. What would be the cost to the firms themselves? And then in the medium term, what happens to us as customers and the shops? Would we find that there is sort of a cost penalty that uh, the price of our groceries go up because food wholesalers and distributors are finding there's more hassle in bringing um, these inputs into Tesco or Lidl or wherever from the English Midlands. Um, There may be changes in the choice of products we face in the shops. We may find increasingly retailers, for example, say to themselves, well, if there's any hassle, as it were, on importing from Liverpool to Belfast or Cairn Ryan to Belfast, we'll just, as it were, source our food products from the Republic and the rest of the European Union. Now, some customers may be happy enough about that, but it, it could represent a reduction, a genuine reduction in consumer choice. Is it almost impossible to analyse it without seeing it through a political lens? Well, it probably, to be honest, it probably is. But then that's not unique to this question of economic policy. Almost any, probably any question of economic or social policy gets mixed in with politics. And what I would always say about this is, uh, and you know, like Jamie, I've commentated about economics for, for a long time now. What you've got to do is look at evidence and statistics and of course everybody carries their own personal political biases and they're they're entitled to have them of course in a free society but we can sort of test the relative likelihood of various things by looking hopefully carefully at at the evidence and uh, one of the things that does concern me about the existing government proposals is the extent to which perhaps inevitably and understandably they've been rushed through very much. Uh, therefore, we're making an enormous leap into, into new arrangements, and we know very little, in fact, sometimes we know nothing at all about the finer administrative details of how the new processes will actually work, or indeed whether they'll work at all. Do you believe, finally, uh, Esmond Burney, that it's a better deal, Boris's deal, the deal that he struck with the European Union that he can't, still can't get through? It's a better deal for the Republic of Ireland than it is for Northern Ireland. Um, it's it's hard to say. Um, there are certain advantages in it, in that uh, the, the Republic of Ireland government, and I can understand where they're coming from, were previously very concerned about any sort of friction between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland. Now, I think there might have been ways of dealing with that. And certainly I think there are ways of dealing with that that didn't involve infrastructure at the border, but they had those concerns. And uh, it's pretty clear that the Taoiseach has decided that what 
Boris Johnson is now offering deals with that. So in a relative sense, they probably are happier. But of course, there's the bigger question of how the trading relationship between the Republic of Ireland is and the UK as a whole in the future is handled. And I think one of the things that uh, Irish business opinion, I mean, Southern Irish business opinion is very concerned about is get continuing to get free trading access to the English market, for example, for their food products, um, very high percentage of Irish agriculture and food processing products go into Great Britain. And whether they continue to get that will all hinge on whatever negotiations follow, assuming UK exit does occur, follow on from that in terms of the wider free trade long-term relationship between the UK and the European Union. And um, I think it's in the best interest of both countries, the UK and Ireland, that you do have as much free trade as possible. But you know, if, if Brexit goes badly or perhaps doesn't occur at all, but there's a lasting legacy of bitterness between the two countries, uh, you know, that, that's not a good thing, both economically and obviously politically. Dr. Esmond Burney, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Jamie, final word from you just on that question. Is is it advantage Republic of Ireland? Uh, Esmond Burney could see it from many different perspectives or not. Um, sorry, your question being, do, do I see it as being a, a general positive that we're, we're, we're in the position we are? Um, no, the, the question basically being that deal that Boris Johnson is trying to shoehorn in, um, is it better for the Republic of Ireland than it is for Northern Ireland, economically? Ooh, that's that, that, that's impossible uh, for me to say, uh, not having looked in, in in some detail at what um, the the South is is likely to face and and to gain from it. Uh, I think uh, you know Edward Echo has point that the 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 South does sell a, a phenomenal amount of uh, agri produce in in two GB, and it will be interesting to see um, what um, what. The, the arrangements will be for that trade, and I know that that, that is an enormous concern. Can I make a wee point about the the the, the small and, and micro businesses? These are companies which employ up to say collectively between uh, sorry each uh, up to fifty people um, in, in their various firms, and and they are and this is where I sort of almost like uh, endorse what uh, what Desmond's been saying in the sense that they. They, um, they, the costs they will face are, are likely to have a disproportionate effect on them compared with larger companies engaging in the same um, east-west trade. So the, the, these things can't be discounted. Having said that, um, there are a lot of small businesses, but only uh, one in seven of them actually um, uh, sells uh, goods or, or services to Great Britain. So actually, you know, the, we, we, can, we can exaggerate the impact um, that, they, that these things can have. But it, it really is when you look at, you know, if I look at anything, it always has risks and opportunities. And, uh, and I think there is an element of political... Um, you know, colouring coming in here. I can look at the risks and say, "Oh, look at all these. Look at all the downside." And you can do look at exactly the same facts and 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 absolutely um, with using the same information and the same facts. Say, "Ah, oh, but look at all these opportunities." And and I do really think that to, uh, uh, when you have a position which, as Esmond said, is replete with uncertainty. We have no idea about a lot of these things. Um, 
that risk assessment document is 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 very vague about a, a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, that you 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 are in the position. We you, you simply the honest thing is to say we don't know, um, and we can only hope for the best. Because put it like this, that's the way we're heading. We're heading to I think very definitely towards um, towards a Brexit uh, based on a deal uh, which was hammered out essentially, I suppose, between um, the Prime Minister and the Taoiseach. Well, Jamie, we started with agreement that we don't know where we're going and we end on agreement that we don't know where we're going. It's, 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 it, we're lucky it's not an important thing, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's a yeah, yeah, I like that. Okay. Jamie, thank you very much. Esmond Burney, thank you very much indeed. If you want to shine any light on it, if you can be an inspiration uh, to us this morning and you've got clarity, you're very welcome on this programme. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.